Hello everyone, and welcome back to Last Week in the Garden. Today we're going to take a step back and look at the science of mindfulness. Consciousness is a very complex system, and meditation is one form of trying to understand how our mind works. Through science and emerging technologies, we can analyse the mind when one practices this ancient tradition. Today we have Professor Stephen Lorries, Professor at Servo Brain Centre at Lavrao University, Canada. He joined us last week for his garden talk, What Happens in the Brain When You Meditate. Stephen has published over 500 scientific articles on the human mind and its inner workings, and has founded the Gear Consciousness and Coma Science Group at the University of Ligue, Belgium, where his team of 60 people are studying consciousness in all its forms, from anesthesia to dreaming. So really when you meditate, you have this opportunity to impact what's going on in your body at the level of this stress response. You also have an opportunity to um, observe what's going on there in my head, these thoughts, um, and to create some distance, to become an observer. And you can do the same thing with your emotions. Before we begin today's episode, I'd just like to tell you about our latest collection, The Secret Life of Plants, with our friends from Bloom and Wild. We have three more talks in this collection for you to save your seat and attend live where you can ask the fellow questions directly in our member circles. How do plants shape the world we live in? How do they communicate with each other? If those sound interesting to you, you can save your seats at onegarden.com upcoming and you can join the discussion early with our community and our circles. Now let's get back in today's focus on meditation. I think it's important to mention that meditation comes in many different forms. Mindfulness has exploded in popularity in the West these past decades and it can seem daunting to understand where to begin and what to expect. It is why it's great to see meditation being looked at from a scientific viewpoint, where science and religious traditions can share a common ground. You don't have to become a monk to see the benefits of mindfulness, and that's one of the reasons why mindfulness is an exciting field, as it's a very promising way to deal with life stresses and the world around us. Stick to the end of the episode, where we'll do a short five-minute meditation on becoming aware of the present moment. But with that, I'll let Stephen take it away and give his scientific background on what happens in the brain when you meditate. So meditation is really meditating. So it's something you do. And you do it because you, you know, have one or the other need. So, so it will be different when you start meditating because you might have panic attacks or you might have sleeping problems or you want to um, stimulate your focus and, and deal with those distractions that we very often would see during work or um, because you want to cultivate your um, compassion and empathy. So, so that's, the, that's the, the first question. Why do I start doing this mental gymnastics? And then depending on the exercise you do, we would see specific networks in the brain that, that change. And it's really an exercise. This is um, like in sport. You start running and you will get strong legs. You start swimming and you can see your shoulders becoming bigger and of course it's difficult to to see the changes in your own brain but that's exactly what we see and you see that after um, eight weeks of for example a program called mindfulness-based stress reduction that the effect of meditation can be as big as the effect of anxiolytics of analgetics of antidepressants and that i think is important for me as a medical doctor to share with with well as many uh, 
people as possible. I now prescribe meditation as a, as a clinical neurologist, and it, it's not a quick fix. It's, it's, it's an effort, um, but it is important to empower patients and, and actually each and every one of us. It's not just about taking pills, and that's what you know, I do as a, as, a, as a medical doctor, and it's great to have that technology and that medical knowledge, but I think maybe in that process, we kind of um, neglected the capacity for each and every one to play a more active role. And, and that's, I think, my mission. That's why I consider this complementary to um, classical um, medicine. And, and we really see, and that's backed up by science. It's not a question of, of belief. It's, it's the scientific evidence that shows that there is an impact at the level of the brain, the body, the stress response. Uh, my favorite one is just breathing meditation. And, and every time you exhale, you impact what we call the parasympathetic um, autonomic nervous system. We call it autonomic because we thought we have no impact over it, but actually we have. And every time we would exhale, your heart beats a little bit slower. Your um, blood pressure would go down. And when we would measure these stress hormones, noradrenaline, cortisol, they actually go down. So we have these two systems. One is the break, the parasympathetic. The other is what's happening when we're in danger, when there's a wild animal or more often, you know, a conflict with a colleague or we're um, in our car and, and we just um, feel the tension building up. Um, it's this fight or flight reaction. That's the autosympathetic system that would activate. So really when you meditate, you have this opportunity to impact what's going on in your body at the level of this stress response. You also have an opportunity to um, observe what's going on there in my head, these thoughts, um, and to create some distance, to become an observer. And you can do the same thing with your emotions. I'm not a Zen master, I'm not a monk, really not. I'm not a Buddhist, um, got five kids, my wife works, so sometimes it's just chaos, uh, and we have our fights, believe me. But when I can just say, oh, now I have this or that feeling, like I, I feel the anger coming up, that's maybe the most important moment. When I, I just take this moment where I, I, I start the meditation and then I can you know, create some distance, when I do that, um, becoming aware of the emotion, I am, by doing that, directly less angry or anxious or whatever the emotion is. So, so that's the, the invitation, to just pay more attention about what's going on up there and, and how can I impact it. The Dalai Lama, and I met him a couple of times, says, you know, sleep is the best meditation. I think you need both, right? So we're talking about these pillars in, in our life hygiene, our well-being depends on, on many factors and sleep is one um, and meditation is another it's an active process actually meditation is not just thinking about nothing when we measured uh, what's going on in your brain during meditation it's really this this focus it's an active state being able to work with people like Mathieu Ricard and all these other Buddhist monks was, was exceptional because it permitted us to see really the impact on the function and the structure of the brain. And then depending on 
the exercise, we see the changes. Now, the challenge is to translate that to also my clinical reality as a medical doctor. So we need now studies to identify which are possible side effects and, and, and the contraindications, the indications, just as we have for the pills. Um, we need more controlled clinical trials to give this a place um, in, in current medicine. And again, this will be complementary. This is not one or the other. I think we can use and we should use both and um, that's what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And that's what so many studies in the book have summarized the past two decades of, of clinical trials of neuroscientific uh, effort in many, many um, labs all over, all over the world, um, showing the, the, the possibility and the impact of meditation. And currently the most studied is mindfulness, but this is just one example. So, so one thing that I definitely don't want to reduce meditation in just a technique to deal with chronic stress, but it is clear, and I see it as a, as a neurologist, um, when people come with their complaint, um, their tension headache or insomnia or whatever, chronic pain, stress just makes it worse. So offering people a way to deal differently with stress, that is great. And then we see the effects in the brain, in the stress response. But we actually also see it at the level of your chromosome. So in the book, there's this drawing where you would see the telomeres. You see this little, um, it's kind of a protection cap at the end of your chromosome. Um, and it seems to be the case that when you grow older and when you are stressed, thinking too much, about what's gonna happen and some catastrophic scenarios or living too much in the past and you can't change it. Um, those kinds of negative thoughts also seem to accelerate the process. The good news is meditation, it has been repeatedly shown, really has a measurable impact on these telomeres. You can even see it at the level of your chromosomes, of your DNA. So, so at all these different levels, the studies show that yes, this is not just something you believe in or something um, esoteric or religion or um, new age, you know, fashion, whatever. This impacts and we can see it with um, modern scientific methods. And meditation is maybe just accepting, okay? And, and I would encourage you to just give it a try, but don't put the bar too high. Sometimes our expectations are so big and then we, we have these, you know, big um, ambitious intentions and we're going to meditate 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening and, you know, then things happen and, and we don't necessarily directly see an effect and, and we give up. Or, so it's, it's really important to see this as it's not competition and, and and in the beginning you need to go through these exercises you can read a book you can do the mindfulness-based stress reduction course or go to one or the other you know uh, coach or or um use an app there's wonderful apps now of guided meditation um but after a while um you will see what works for you and 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 that is i think the big message here that, that you can do this in an informal way and every minute you do is beneficial. 
Um, so do what you can, depending on your own reality. This morning, right? I've got five kids, two young ones. Um, it's just chaos. I can't say to my wife, listen, I've got this scheme, 20 minutes, I'm, I'm going to sit on my meditation cushion and you take care of all the rest. It will not work. So you can maybe do that for a period of time, a couple of weeks, or you go on a retreat, but then, you know, the challenges of, you know, work or study or whatever, kids and, 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 and um, unexpected events um, make it very challenging. So you can learn from these formal exercises, things that you can do throughout the day and there every minute is beneficial. Don't see this as a, an extra stress. You mean, I need to meditate these 20 minutes. It's about letting go. It's about um, looking to the challenges of your life through a different angle and, and you know, accepting what you can't change and working on what is within your control. Um, so eight weeks, 20 minutes a day, that's what the studies say, but sometimes it's just not compatible with the demands of our reality. And there the studies on informal meditation also show that whatever you do, wherever you see fit to do it, it has an impact. And, and that's to me the second phase that is maybe the most interesting one where I would not um, oblige anyone to go for 20, 30, whatever minutes a day. Um, it depends on your needs and your possibilities. Hopefully that has given you a new perspective on mindfulness and the leading research behind it. You can watch Stephen Laurie's full talk at onegarden.com library, where he goes into more detail from his book, The No-Nonsense Meditation Book. Now, keeping in mind that everything that Stephen has said, I'd like to welcome you to join me in a five-minute meditation. It doesn't matter if this is your first time or you're an experienced meditator, let's wind down and just take a step back. If you're driving a car or doing anything that involves your required focus, I would suggest instead you skip this and tune in next week for our episode on the secret life of plants or listen to one of our previous episodes from last week in the garden. You can sit anywhere you like, it doesn't matter where you are as long as you can just close your eyes. And the first thing that helps us enter the right mindset is just a simple, nice, big deep breath. The aim of this short practice is just to be aware of what's going on, becoming nothing more than just an observer. An observer of the sounds that you hear right now, your thoughts, your feelings. Just try to focus on how you feel right now. And just by closing our eyes, you can see how much is going on right now. Thoughts are probably the most obvious thing that is going inside your head. 
about what you're doing now, about if you're doing it right. But I'd just like you to take another step back and see if you can aim your attention and focus just on all of the sounds you hear. Whether it's my voice right now, or the traffic in the background, or the wind blowing, an airplane flowing by. Just notice that all these sounds are coming in, and that's it. They are just sounds. See if you can pay attention to one sound in particular. For me right now I hear a bird in a tree singing. You can probably see that your mind really does not like to be focusing itself on one thing. New thoughts have emerged, new feelings have come. Just take another step back. Just observe your thoughts, how they come in, how they go, how it doesn't really matter what you were just thinking about, how the sounds have changed now. Somehow we just get directed again and get lost in the trail of our thoughts. Now, if you just open your eyes slowly, one big deep breath again. And hopefully now you perhaps feel a little bit different. Thank you for joining me. And if you find out useful, I'll definitely recommend exploring mindfulness and meditation more. So with that, thank you so much for listening to Last Week in the Garden. I hope you found this episode as interesting as I did when it comes to the science of mindfulness and meditation. You can find Professor Stephen Laurie's full talk at onegarden.com library. Remember that our Secret Life of Plants collection is happening right now by visiting onegarden.com upcoming. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Alexander Gurf, and I'll see you next Sunday for Last Week in the Garden. 
Thank you to Professor Stephen Lorries on his garden talk, What Happens in the Brain When You Meditate. His talk was live streamed Friday the 8th of April 2022. You can find more information on our website by visiting onegarden.com. Thank you again for listening, and as always, stay curious.